two down, 363 to go. Uh, welcome to At A Theater Near Me. I'm Chris, and today we're going to talk about uh, my second day of this journey where I see a movie in the movie theaters every day for an entire year. Uh, the movie I saw was Sabrina, the 1954 uh, Humphrey Bogart uh, Audrey Hepburn movie. We will get into that at, at the end uh, of this show. We're also going to talk about the box office report that, that came out today, uh, the top 10 list, so we can kind of talk about what movies I should be seeing, kind of the strategy behind behind that. And I went to Cinema Salem to see the Sabrina movie. It's my first time going there. Uh, so uh, Sabrina, uh, Cinema Salem is a really interesting place. So I definitely want to I have some thoughts there. Uh, but before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Griffin Lock and Key. Uh, Griffin Lock and Key is a small locksmith company, provides service to Massachusetts and New Hampshire residents and businesses. Uh, if you've never had a locksmith come and rekey the locks to your home, there is no telling how many people may have access. Griffin Lock and Key will work with you to provide a professional solution to all of your physical security needs, whether you need a deadbolt installed on your side door or the combination to your gun safe changed, Griffin Lock and Key has you covered. You can visit them at www.griffinlock.com. That's www.griffinlock.com. Uh, or uh, give a call to Brian at 978 732 3241. That's 978 732 3241. Uh, Griffin Lock and Key was nice enough to sponsor the entire episode. So uh, I'll tell a story about how they came to my house uh, and helped me out with the problem because I'm pretty helpless with all things uh, mechanical, technical. But I mean, everyone needs a locksmith, though. I mean, very few people have those skills. So I didn't feel as inept as I usually do uh, when calling and asking people for help. Uh, but let's get right into uh, the box office report. So I brought up uh, a point on the last episode where I talked about how I was really pleased I don't have any of the top 10 movies in my list. And people, uh, as far as list being scheduled uh, the next week or so coming up, and people were like, well, why is that a good thing? Why do you care if you have uh, movies in the top 10 or not? So I'm start obviously starting this on January 1st. And uh, because of that, there are some movies that have been out in theaters for a long time. And there are many that just got released. I believe the Christmas week had something like four to six uh, movies go wide, uh, wide releases. Uh, so my strategy is I want to see movies at the end of their run because the movies like, for instance, Spider-Man, Spider-Man was number one this week, made $52 million. It's made 609 million domestic, which is insane. It's only been out for three weeks, just shattering records left and right. Uh, so Spider-Man is going to be out in the theaters for a long time. I'm going to have a lot of opportunities to see Spider-Man. There's really no, no rush to see that, but a movie like Eternals, for instance, that's the Marvel movie. It's been out for nine weeks now. Uh, that's a movie that's really at the end of its run. In fact, so for instance, Spider-Man is playing in 4,206 theaters. So that's how many screens it's playing in uh, all over the country, uh, where Eternals is only playing in 175. So uh, because of that, you no, know, Eternals is really on the way out. Even lost 185 uh, theaters between uh, last week and this week. So it's really, you know, this is probably the last week potentially to see it. So I'm actually going to go end up seeing it. Uh, you're hearing this on Monday. I'm going to see it later today. Uh, so that was a movie I instantly wanted to put to the top of my list. So that's kind of the mentality here is if a movie's really successful and doing well, I'm going to push it back. I have plenty of time to see it. The other reason I'm doing that is weather uh, or just life situations that might come up. So let's say something happens last minute where I, I don't know, I 
get a flat tire or uh, there's a major snowstorm. And my the amount of theaters I can go to uh, really decrease, you know, in that particular day or what have you. So if that's the case, then my only opportunity to see a movie might be the closest movie theater to me. And it might be having to see something like Spider-Man or Sing 2. Uh, that's number two this week. So those movies are in a ton of theaters. There's a lot of ways to be able to see them. Um, so that can be kind of an easy ace kind of have in my, in my back pocket there in case I need to play that card. But if I have full opportunity, which basically means, you know, any movie theater in Southern Maine, uh, most of New Hampshire, uh, and then, you know, kind of even, even Massachusetts, like that Boston, you know, let's say, you know, East Massachusetts. Uh, so because of that, I want to kind of utilize those resources first. So let's talk about the top 10. So there, I, I broke this up into tiers and I think we're going to probably do this every week to kind of at least build up a strategy and, and kind of, you know, if you guys have feedback too, or think I'm crazy, uh, feel free to shout at me. Uh, you can reach me at Twitter. Uh, it's the at symbol. So at, and then a theater near me, uh, and, uh, and let me know what you think, but I have this in tiers. So the, the, the tier A, which is movies I, I really want to hold off, not see, they're making a ton of money, are Spider-Man, No Way Home, 52.7 million. And number two this week was Sing 2, it made 19.6 million. So those movies are just not, I'm not even considering them. They are just off the, off the board completely. Now, the next tier are movies uh, that uh, are doing fairly well, um, well, <laughs> fairly well in this landscape. Uh, and that's The King's Man, which made 4.5 million. American Underdog, which made four, and then Matrix Resurrections, which made 3.8. Now, those movies all came out. They've all been out for two weeks. Um, they're all actually doing pretty poorly for what they cost to make and what the studios had expected them to do. But for the sake of our endeavor here, um, I, I, those are movies that are probably going to be out for a little while, so I'm not in a huge rush to see them. Another thing to consider is when do movies start vanishing from the theaters. How does that all work? So typically the contract is this is let's say the King's man comes in a movie theater. Uh, when you agree to bring them into your theater, you typically is a two week commitment minimum. So, uh, even if the movie does terrible, like for instance, nightmare alley did awful the first week, the theaters, it still has to be in theaters for another week. So, uh, that's typical of the standard. So weeks one and two, you, you know, you kind of have a, it's going to be roughly the same amount of theaters. It's week three is when you see the, the plummet, uh, for instance, but those movies are all doing well enough where I think they will be in theaters for another few weeks. So, uh, we'll hold off on that. So now it comes to the tier where I'm starting to really consider seeing movies or I've already seen them, unfortunately. So number six is West side story. Uh, that movie is getting really good word of mouth. For instance, the matrix resurrections dropped 68% from last week to this week. Uh, what happened was you had all these Matrix fanboys ran out to the theaters the first weekend to see it. And now because it's gotten really bad word of mouth, that's pretty much it. It's, it's pretty much DOA. So I'm guessing I'm gonna see Matrix Resurrections probably sooner than I would, for instance, like American Underdog, which is um, still kind of hanging in there. It only dropped 30%. Now West Side Story is getting huge reviews, great critical acclaim, doing really well. It's not doing very well in the box office. It's been out for four weeks. It's only made 29 million, but it's just kind of hanging in there. It only dropped 26% from last week. It's just kind of hanging around. So I'm going to wait a week, I think, to see it uh, unless something really changes drastically between now and, and next week. Number seven, unfortunately, is a movie I've already seen, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which for some reason jumped 17%. You almost never see that. Usually you see movies always trend down. Uh, and not only that, but it lost theaters. It lost 83 theaters between uh, this week and last week. Uh, but I think what happened was because kids were off 
this week. Uh, I think people went out to go see it. So I might, I may have made a pretty uh, stupid judgment call by making that the first movie to see. Uh, the last thing I want to do is see a movie at seven in the box office, but I still think it's, it's about, been out for seven weeks. So I don't think it'll hurt me that bad. Uh, but I wasn't too happy when I saw that jump that high. Number eight is Licorice Pizza. Now, this is a movie that is a, more of an art house film. Uh, it's only playing in 786 theaters, not even a thousand. Uh, and that's going to hang around a while. Also, you know, it's getting some Academy Award buzz. So, you know, that I'm kind of pushing off for a little while. I am keeping an eye on, because on, A, it's a movie I really want to see. Uh, and B, uh, I think it might hang around. Number nine is A Journal for Jordan. This movie is DOA. This movie is just a bomb. Uh, it's a Michael B. Jordan movie. I Denzel Washington directed it and no one's seeing it. It made 1.1 million this week. It's made 4.7 total. It's been out for two weeks. I mean, complete, complete bust. So that's one I have on my shortlist. So now we're in the movies, starting with Journal for Jordan, that I really have, I'm really openly considering seeing in the next week and a half. Number 10 is Encanto. That's the Disney movie. It's been out for six weeks. It's made 91 million total. It only made a million this week. It's plummeting. I think especially now that kids are back in school, like this is going to vanish from theater. So my plan is, I think that they haven't announced the schedules yet. My plan is to see that maybe on Saturday. I have, uh, luckily I have two nieces and a nephew that I can bring to these kids' movies. So I don't uh, look like a total creep uh, just going to these random kids' movies on Saturday. So that, that if I can't get my nieces or nephew, I'm, I'm not going to see it because we're on Saturday. That's, that's just weird. Uh, number 11 is Nightmare Alley. It only made 972,000. This movie is one of the biggest bombs I can remember. Uh, 7 million total in three weeks. Bradley Cooper starring in it has a huge cast. Uh, Guillermo del Toro directed it. It just, no one cares. Uh, this movie was marketed a ton. I mean, this is going to really hurt Searchlight. Uh, Fox Searchlight uh, with the producers here as their studio, and it's just not doing very well. Um, so that's what I'm really, I really want to see soon. House of Gucci. I'm seeing this on Tuesday. That only brought in 700,000. It's playing, uh, just about 700 theaters. So that's really, that, that's not its way out. So I'm seeing that on Tuesday. So the next episode here is going to be Monday and Tuesday's movies. So it's going to come out on Wednesday morning. And that is going to be Eternals, which is 15th this week and only made 112,000 and House of Gucci. Uh, other movies I'm considering is a movie called 83, which is a, a Hindu movie. Uh, it's in the Hindu language. It was actually number 10 last week. Uh, it has English subtitles. I'll check it out. You know, anything to kind of push off having to see something like Spider-Man or Sing 2 or any way I can kind of keep seeing movies that are out there, but not pop in the top 10. I have to take advantage of, even if it's something that might not be uh, in my English language. I know I'm seeing an Albanian movie at the end of the month at the Portsmouth Music Hall. Uh, so I, I have to be open-minded to those things. I don't mind, you know, I, I probably haven't seen enough foreign films in my life. I probably haven't seen enough classic movies in my life. So this is kind of an opportunity to broaden my horizon. I, I kind of embrace that. I will see it how I feel when I'm actually seeing these movies. But uh, for now, it's, I'm, I'm engaged. Uh, number 14 is Red Rocket. This is an independent film uh, produced by A24. A24 is a studio you will see put out a lot of more like independent art house films. Um, they don't typically cost much to make, uh, but they also don't usually bring in a lot of money. This is the case of Red Rocket. Red Rocket something I actually do really want to see in the next week and a half. Uh, it, I... I it could hang around a while, but if, it, if it's the kind of movie where it doesn't get any Oscar buzz or any Oscar nominations, it would just vanish overnight. And I, I can't let that happen. Uh, and then later on here, we have in 17th place is Come On, Come On. I'm seeing that Friday at the Portsmouth Music Hall. 
Um, I'm excited about that because it, uh, it's another A24 movie. It, hasn't, it ha- has Joaquin Phoenix, hasn't done very well. So the fact that it's playing so close to me, I'm excited about. And then Belfast is a movie I'm going to try to see next week as well. That's the Kenneth Branagh directed film. So that's kind of the strategy. So I, what I'm doing is I'm looking at, at this list pretty religiously. I'm looking at the theater counts. That's almost more important than how much it makes. And then the other thing I'm doing is looking at uh, like Fandango or just going to the websites themselves to see what movies are playing. Those schedules are typically typically released on Tuesday into Wednesday. So by Wednesday, I have a pretty good idea what I'm going to do for that next week. The week being say like, you know, Friday to Thursday, uh, that will give me a pretty good idea. So I know what movies I'm seeing until Friday. Um, uh, you know, we're going to be covering, uh, Eternals house of Gucci. I'm going to be going to the Brattle theater on Wednesday to see the apartment. Um, that's the Billy Wilder movie. I'm obviously, I saw a Billy Wilder movie uh, today, which I'll talk about in a second. And then uh, I know I'm going to see uh, what, come on, come on. And there's another one I'm forgetting as well. So, uh, so a pretty, you know, uh, hopefully a pretty stacked lineup as far as movies that are, I'm interested in seeing, which is great. And then also movies that are, uh, are not in the top 10. So, uh, and hopefully I can keep pushing off seeing some of these bigger movies to give me opportunities as the month goes on. Uh, hopefully I kind of clears up kind of why I pick which movies I do. Uh, and let's, uh, I do want to talk about cinema Salem a little bit here. Uh, before I do though, I do want to talk a little more about, uh, Griffin lock and key. So I, I, we, we got our house a couple of years ago, a few years ago now, and there's always been this like trouble doorknob, like this doorknob that just kind of drives me, drives me crazy. Uh, it's just kind of loose. And I'm always like, I'm always afraid like it's like my key's not going to work or the doorknob's going to fall off or I, I just don't know what's going to happen to this doorknob. It's always kind of annoyed me, but it's never been bad enough for me to actually do anything about it. Uh, so finally I, I smartened up. I gave Griffin lock and key a call, came by, couldn't have been a friendlier guy, came by, fixed it in I don't know 10 minutes uh, and just cleaned out. I think he cleaned out the lock element too. So I'd be able to put the key in. It's a much, it feels like it's actually in there now without being all, all over the place. And then also uh, the doorknob works a lot better. It's not loose. And I'm lucky where I think I live in a pretty safe neighborhood, but you never really know. And I'm, you know, and then a couple weeks earlier, I saw on, on Facebook that a couple cars in my neighborhood or my general area got, got broken into. And you're thinking like even no one, you never really, hundred percent say you never really know what's going to happen. Probably should have your locks taken care of. So it was great that Brian, uh, came down and helped me out. So I recommend Griffin lock and key. Uh, I said, you can give Brian a call at nine, seven, eight, seven, three, two, three, two, four, one. Uh, and you can go to their website, www.griffinlock.com. That's www.griffinlock.com. That's Griffin with two F's. Uh, and, and check them out. I said, they couldn't be friendly. If you're in New Hampshire, you're in Massachusetts, he'll come to you. I, and I think even if you're in, you know, Southern Maine or, or parts of Rhode Island, uh, if you have a larger commercial job, give him a call too. Even if you're really anywhere in New England, I think he'd be, be happy to, to talk to you. Uh, and he can do a number of things. Like I said, he can also do things like your gun safe, uh, get that fixed, uh, as well as, you know, getting a deadbolt put in. He can put in, um, you know, uh, kind of those ring doorbells for you, those fancy ring doorbells. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff that he can do. So definitely give him a call if you have any questions. Couldn't be a nicer guy. I'd say, even though I'm, I'm kind of a big dummy with this stuff, it was nice to talk to him and, and not, you know, he didn't, didn't talk down to me. Maybe feel, maybe feel like I, I wasn't a complete idiot for asking some of the questions I had and, uh, and, and fixed it the problem in, in no time. Um, let's talk cinema Salem. Uh, so I'm all in on cinema Salem. All in. 
I want Cinema Salem. I'd love to have them on this show. Uh, I think this theater is fantastic. It's if you haven't been to this place, so it's in it's in this witch mall in Salem. Uh, Salem, Massachusetts. Uh, and the mall, it's more like a plaza than a mall if you haven't been in there, uh, where it just has like, has a few restaurants. It's like a, almost like an indoor shopping center more than like a mall mall. Uh, and you don't need to go into the mall to go into the theater. You can uh, access it from the outside. It also has a parking garage, which uh, which is underneath the parking garage, is a little creepy, uh, but no, I mean, not terrible. I mean, every parking garage is creepy, especially if you watch Sopranos, uh, but it's just like, all right, you know, but you don't, like I said, you don't need to, to necessarily do that. You can go right in just like you would, you know, right off the street to any movie theater, but you walk in and you instantly feel like these are people that care and love film. Like this is not, it's a totally different experience than I had when I talked about going to the Concord Regal uh, this is a place where like things are cared about. Um, and, uh, so I went to go see Sabrina there and I go in, I, you know, they have popcorn, obviously they have the full concessions, it's a full movie. They have regular, you know, uh, more modern films too. They have Spider-Man, they have Sing 2, they have kind of all the hits, but then they'll play these series and the series for this month is Audrey Hepburn movies. Um, and I went down, went there, people couldn't have been friendlier, you know, get your ticket really, really nice. And you sit down and, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of an older school theater, but I guess they're trying to save money to um, put in some new chairs. So they're, you know, you can tell they're constantly making improvements. You can tell they're really trying to work hard to make this theater be as successful as possible. Uh, so you go in to see Sabrina and then we ha had a gentleman, I'd love to have this guy on, uh, on the show. So if you, hear, if you hear this, please reach out on Twitter. I know that you guys, that we kind of, you, I think you follow me on Twitter. I follow you guys, reach out uh, because this guy knows all about movies. He comes in, gives like a 10 minute discussion about Sabrina, about Billy Wilder, Humphrey Bogart, uh, Audrey Hepburn. Just, and it was like a fun little, I don't know, like prologue to the to what you're about to see with some historical uh, connotation. I really enjoyed it. It was, a, it was a little lesson. It wasn't too long. It wasn't like you were sitting there bored. It was quick 10 minutes, but it gave you a little intel before you watch the movie. Uh, and it's great because, you know, you watch a classic movie like that. There's no trailers. It just goes right into the movie. So I'm thinking like, wow, instead of seeing, you know, nine trailers and four commercials for Sprite, I get to, I don't know, a little 10 minute, I don't know, learn something. It was great. Uh, and, you know, I, I just, I really, a small independent theater like that, I, I really wanted to see succeed. So then I'm reading, I got home, like, I got to read more about this place. I'm, I'm all in on cinema sale. So I'm reading about it and ends up, uh, I guess it was closed for like a year. I guess this mall, this, this mall, I don't know if the mall was built in 1982, but the theater was put into this mall in 1982. And uh, when COVID struck, uh, it shut down. I guess, it, I don't know if it shut down before that, but it, it had been shut down for, I don't know, I guess almost a year. And this older couple uh, bought it just, they're like, hey, we're looking at this. They were quoted in the paper. They said, we're looking at this like a nonprofit. We just want to provide film to people in Salem. Uh, and they went and they got this, uh, I don't know if it was a gentleman that, that spoke before the movie today, but they brought him this guy uh, who's, who's a, from Danvers, but I guess was in New Orleans and doing film stuff there. And they brought him to kind of curate some of the films you see. And the films they're picking are really interesting. I'm going on uh, next week. I'm going to go see Back to the Future there. 
And it's not just the movie Back to the Future, but before that, they're going to talk about the score of the film. And I think the Alan Silvestri score in Back to the Future is fantastic. So uh, I, I'm all in on that. Plus, Back to the Future is one of my favorite movies ever. So I, I was very excited about that. So um, the fact that they're doing older films, they still have the modern stuff. Um, they're really working hard. I would recommend go check out Cinema Salem. Um, you know, if you're in that area, uh, I'll be going there a ton. Hopefully you'll hear a lot more from them. I'd love to kind of make them like one of the theaters of this show, if they're interested in that, uh, or if, you know, ho hopefully they don't run away from that. But I, I just think it's, it's a great place. The only drawback is, uh, is the bathroom. So, uh, the bathrooms are not, they're not terrible. They're not dirty. It wasn't, it was just old and kind of run down, but I went in there and oh my God, like it was, it smelled so bad. I'm like, what is happening in this bathroom? Like, is it the bath? It's my first time I went in there before. So what I do when I go to the movies, I go, in the, go get my ticket. Then I go and get my, you know, soda, popcorn, whatever I get. I put them all down and I go, I go piss real quick before the movie starts. That way I don't have to go during the movie. It's kind of been my, 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 what I always do. So uh, I went and did that and I'm like, oh my God, like just, just complete poop smell, like out of control in the bath, in the bathroom, nowhere else is the bathroom. So uh, it made me think though about a story that, uh, or about something that happened when I was in high school, uh, I, there was a kid I went to high school with that had a glossary bag and uh, had a glossary bag. And um, it's sad, but when you, when you open that, it's, uh, the smell is like unbelievable. It's so, it's so bad. So like anytime that he went to the bathroom or he even had been in the last half hour, like you knew he was in there, it was awful. So uh, my buddy and I saw him go in the bathroom. And he was in there a while. So we saw our principal walk by and we're like, hey, uh, you know, we said, you gotta go in there. I, we saw some kids smoking in there. So he runs, he's like, oh really? And he runs in there and he, he walked out, his face just turned green. Like, and he, I think he called us bastards uh, and, and stormed away. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so I thought about that and that's how, that's how bad it smells. So I'm like, oh my God, is it always like that? So I'm like, all right, so after the movie's over, I'm gonna I'll go piss again. Uh, and I'll see if it, but, uh, I went in there a second time. It didn't smell that bad. So it's not like this place has a nasty smelling bath. It was obviously some guy was sick or something, or maybe it was that kid I went to high school with. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, so no, so bathrooms don't smell bad all the time. I think I just had a, a, a unlucky experience the first time I was in there. But other than that, uh, the place is, the place is great. The bathroom's a little old, but you can tell they're probably, they're probably working on it. They have been, haven't been there a super long time. So, uh, I would recommend checking out Cinema Salem, uh, and just don't go to the bathroom when that guy is in there. Uh, Sabrina, let's talk Sabrina a little bit. So Sabrina is a, uh, romantic comedy directed by Billy Wilder stars Humphrey Bogart, uh, Audrey Hepburn, uh, and William Holden. Uh, this is a weird time for film. So before this, you had directors like Frank Capra, who directed It's a Wonderful Life. And uh, Billy Wilder directed a film called Double Indemnity. And I think that's Double Indemnity is kind of when things turned a bit. So uh, Frank Capra was a huge director in the 30s. He directed Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, a number of films that were huge hits uh, and won Oscars. And after the war, audiences just had different, I don't know, had different interests. Things changed for a lot of obvious reasons. Plus time had moved on, but things, what audiences wanted a film was different. In fact, when uh, It's a Wonderful uh, Life came out, it did get nominated for Best Picture, but it was not a box office hit. In fact, it, it lost money. It did not do well. And a lot of critics didn't love it either. They said basically that it was a movie um, almost like that didn't belong. It was like an old-fashioned kind of movie, uh, even for then. So 
but Double Indemnity, which comes out in 1944, that was directed by Billy Wilder, the same person that directed Sabrina. That feels like a different movie. It's noir. It just feels more mature, adult. It doesn't, it doesn't have the same sentimentality that It's a Wonderful Life and a lot of those Frank Capra films have. And uh, I think it, it really is, you know, it's, it's kind of a Capra's world until the war. When the war's over, it's kind of Billy Wilder's film world. And then everything changes in 1968 with Bonnie and Clyde. That's when kind of you have new Hollywood come in. And that's when you have directors like Scorsese and Coppola and uh, a number of guys come in. Uh, Spielberg, obviously, uh, and kind of change the scope of, of film to the more modern that we know now. I think it all kind of hinges on uh, Bonnie and Clyde. But for this moment in time, it's 1954. And Sabrina works really well for that time. You have a new star in uh, Audrey Hepburn. She got nominated for Best Actress for this film. Uh, Billy Wilder was direct, uh, nominated for Best Director. It got nominated for a few awards, didn't get nominated for Best Picture. This was the same year On the Waterfront came out, which is an amazing movie. It's the same year that uh, Rear Window came out, which is an incredible movie. Those movies are, if you haven't seen Rear Window, it's, it really holds up. Check it out. Jimmy Stewart, Grace Kelly. I can't recommend that one enough. Uh, so this is a really kind of a g- interesting year for film anyway. Kate Mutiny came out that year. Uh, one of the uh, stars born, the one with James Mason came out. So you had a few f- movies come out that even like, you know, have some historical relevance today. Uh, but uh, Sabrina did well in the box office. It had kind of three stars, William Holden uh, and Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn was just coming off of an Oscar win. She was a very new star at the time. Uh, and, but Humphrey Bogart is at the end of his kind of his run here. This is probably the last I don't know, important movie that he did. Uh, he died in 1957, in January 57. This comes out in 1954. Um, so this is one of the last movies he did. He, this was, I guess, a pretty complicated set. I guess Humphrey Bogart was just lashing out at everybody. Uh, he wasn't the first choice to play the role. Uh, uh, Sabrina is about um, two brothers, one older, one younger, uh, that both want to date, more or less, this uh, chauffeur's daughter that had always kind of lived... Uh, with them. It's their, they're very rich and it's their chauffeur's daughter uh, that they have known since she was a little girl and then she went to Paris and came back and uh, now they suddenly find her attractive. Uh, and it's a, it's a very it's a very decent movie. I, I'm going to give this a B- minus as well, same as Ghostbusters. The, Humphrey Bogart is fantastic. No surprise there. It's interesting. I haven't seen a ton of Bogart. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm familiar with Casablanca, which I'll, I'll see later on this month. Um, but this is 10 years after Casablanca. So he he does look even older here, obviously. He does, you know, it's not the same Bogart you see in Casablanca. Uh, and Audrey Hepburn brings a different energy that you, that I think people saw in film until this point. And she's very good. She, I mean, she's, she's a fantastic actress, obviously, but this role was kind of really made for her. And then Billy Wilder, he helped write the script. The script is very good. It, it, it keeps things moving. Um, if you're, this is a perfectly adequate date movie, even for now, uh, for 2022. Uh, you, I think it's available free on Pluto. Uh, if you're interested in kind of watching this with, with, with your girlfriend or your boyfriend, kind of check this out. Uh, you could do a lot worse. It, it definitely is a, it's a fine movie. And they made a remake of this in 1996 or 95 with uh, Harrison Ford, Greg Kinnear, and Julia Ormond. Julia Ormond, I mean, Talk about, uh, you know, not a, not an ideal role to play in a lot of ways because everyone's just going to compare you to Audrey Hepburn, who's just perfect for this role. You know, people aren't going to compare, I don't think, Harrison Ford and Humphrey Bogart as much because Harrison Ford by the mid-90s 
was already a huge star. He had kind of carved out his legacy. But Julia Ramond, that's it's almost like a, a can't win situation. And she didn't. And she was supposed to be a kind of the next big star. It never really worked out for her. And I think a lot of it was because she's did a role like that where you're just always, you're never going to stack up to Audrey Hepburn in this movie. She's very, very, very good. She's just incredibly likable. She's beautiful. She's likable. Um, it, it's hard to, it's hard to, to beat that or top that or even come close to it. It's a funny thing in the movie. So the beginning of the movie is before she goes to Paris and everyone kind of regards her as this like ugly duckling in a way and kind of everyone just kind of ignores her, but it's like Audrey Hepburn. She's beautiful. And then she goes to Paris and comes back and people have to like pretend they don't recognize her. She looks exactly the same. So it's very strange. Uh, you have to kind of just put that disbelief aside and just kind of enjoy it. I mean, having said that, I went and saw Ghostbusters pretty recently and they're, you know, they're busting ghosts. So, you know, people not recognizing Audrey Hepburn is probably, you know, you know, realistic enough for me to, to deal with. Um, so yeah, I, I would recommend this film. Uh, like I said, on a date night, if you're looking for a classic film to watch, but there are other better date movies, you know, Silver Linings Playbook is a fantastic date movie uh, for getting Sarah Marshall. I mean, obviously it's more modern, but if you're looking for that classic film, you know, you can't, can't do very badly there. I mentioned Billy Wilder real quick before we wrap up. Of course, directed Double Indemnity, uh, you know, Stalag 17, Sunset Boulevard, Seven Year Rich. He directed Some Like It Hot, which is a movie I don't like. Uh, I don't think it's particularly funny. I, I didn't love it. Haven't seen it in a while. Uh, but the movie he did after that is The Apartment. I'm actually going to go end up seeing that this week. I'm seeing that on Wednesday at the Bridal Theater. So uh, I'll come back on Wednesday and I kind of compare The Apartment which I think is a darker, much more modern film, even though it's only six years later, uh, has Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine. So I'll talk about that one in a couple episodes from now for you guys. Uh, but I obviously will be back on Wednesday morning, hearing this on Monday morning. So we'll be back on Wednesday morning with House of Gucci and Eternals. Uh, and I also did want to talk one more time about our friends over at Griffin Lock and Key. Remember, Griffin Lock and Key will work with you to achieve your security needs, whatever they may be. The average house in New England is over 50 years old. So make sure your security system is not. Griffin Lock and Key will help you keep up to date with the new technology. Find out which solutions work best for you, whether it be smart locks, those ring doorbells I talked about earlier, digital safe locks. These are all things that Griffin Lock can provide for you or help you with if you already have one. Whether you need a high security lock installed or maybe you just lost your keys. That's, I've never lost my keys. I've locked the keys in my car once. Um, so having, so I made sure to put Brian's number in my phone in case that happens again. I've, that, that could easily, that, that's, that's always like a fear of mine. Uh, but Griffin Lock and Key is there to help. Luckily, even, even someone like me, uh, give Brian a call for free security consultation, 978-732-3241. That's 978-732-3241. Put that in your phone right now. So you, you'll have that quick call to make uh, in case you goof up like me and you need to make a quick call in case you lock your keys in your car or something like that. You, you can visit the website at www.griffinlock.com and uh, he, Brian will be able to help you out. Uh, so huge thank you to Griffin Lock and Key. They sponsored the entire episode this week. Uh, and obviously we'll be back on Wednesday with Eternals and House of Gucci. So two Movies I'm actually really interested in seeing. I'm not a big Marvel guy, so I'm definitely more excited about House of Gucci, but uh, I'll be back with uh, reviews and uh, discussions about the AMC movie pass. I'll be, um, I'll be using my first AMC card, the AMC card I have at both those theaters. And then we're also going to talk about expenses and how that all works and how I'm kind of keeping track of those and what we should, what I'm hopefully going to be shooting for as far as not spending a shitload of money on this thing. Uh, hopefully I'll talk to you all then. Have a great rest of your day.